The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth and Love Radio. I want to thank you for joining us today on the program. Uh, folks, we're in part three of a very critical series of shows that I'm doing to expose um, the just the incredible, egregious allegations that are being made against our ministry. As those of you who followed our ministry know, uh, we are committed to speaking the truth in love. Um, and even when I have spoken time and time and time again on the issue of Islam, I have gone out of my way to be able to communicate, I believe, a godly heart, which is that while we expose the dangers of Islam and the evil that Islam is, we want to not have any hatred for individual Muslims. We want to communicate that we are to uh, love Muslims for Christ, to be able to reach out to them, uh, share the gospel with them. Folks, I've never, ever advocated violence. I've never advocated hatred. Uh, of a, an individual certainly the bible tells us to hate evil and so uh, i've many times talked about the evil that is islam and the ideology that is there and the spirit the antichrist spirit that is behind it but never have i uh, communicated this and yet even with that folks we are being persecuted you know keep in mind it's very you know loose uh, surface persecution at this point, but yet we are being persecuted, we are being accused, this ministry and myself are being accused of now hate crimes. And that's what I've been bringing to you in the last two shows, and I want to pick up again uh, what precipitated uh, in, in, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, November 30th of this year, 2018, uh, speaking about these accusations. As I said to you on the last program, part two, it is nothing... Um, new for us as a ministry to be accused of hate crimes. Generally speaking, uh, we, 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 you know, I shared with you that the Southern Poverty Law Center has done this against us. The problem is, is that we have not been able to push back. We have not had a clear-cut situation where we can push back until now, because what happened on November 30th is so clear-cut as far as defamation, as far as slander, and really libel. As I said to you last time. The legal definition, particularly in the state of Minnesota, where this event occurred, uh, for defamation and libel is, and let me go over it one more time, there's three three statutes or three parts of the statute that must be met. One, the statement that was communicated had to, be, had to have been communicated to someone else other than the plaintiff. So it was publicized. It was put on Facebook by Natalie Ringsmith of Unite Cloud, by this guy um, Hassan Youssef, this Muslim who's connected to CARE. In, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, it was picked up by the local paper. Number two, the statement has to be false, which I will show you it is absolutely false. Number three, the statement must, quote, tend to harm the plaintiff's reputation and to lower him in the estimation of the community. Well, folks, that's what they want to do. They want to shut us down like they did in April. They want to have me not be able to come back and speak at these churches. Uh, I, I share with you on part one that Natalie Ringsmith tried to stop me from coming in June when I was supposed to be coming and speaking at a local LCMS, uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. Uh, she uh, was complicit and, and helped and, and celebrated uh, when we were 
uh, protested back in August of 2017 when I was in St. Cloud. And this time around, she is a part of making these false allegations along with these Muslims. So clearly, their goal is to destroy our our reputation, uh, lower us in the estimation of the community, lower us in the estimation of elected officials and law enforcement so that we have no credibility and worse, and worse, potentially bringing about an environment where we could be legally charged, criminally charged, with hate crimes. Folks, let's not forget that hate crimes are on the books. If I was legitimately inciting an individual, let's say one of you who is listening to the show, if I was legitimately inciting you to go commit an act of violence against a Muslim simply because he or she is a Muslim, that is a religiously motivated hate crime. There is both statutes and state law and there are federal statutes that would make that a hate hate crime. I would go to jail and the person carrying out the attack or crime would also go to jail. So this is no joking matter. This is serious. And we are now in serious, serious days. So let me go specifically into, again, the incident and, and, and kind of break it down. So what happened... After the event, as I mentioned to you, we had the two-hour presentation. I was giving a presentation about uh, the fact that uh, Christians are under a global genocide right now as far as persecution and being killed. Uh, 90,000 per year, 1.1 million Christians killed, martyred for their faith in the last uh, 15 years. Um, actually, sorry, the last 12 years, I should say. Uh we, I, I presented evidence that not only is, is there a, a direct connection between Islamic ideology uh, and Christian persecution, but the number one perpetrator of Christians, of, of, of uh, persecuting and killing Christians, let me repeat that one more time, the number one perpetrator of, of persecuting and killing Christians are Islamic countries. That's just fact. That's evidence. Um I shared the the genocide that is going in Nigeria. In fact, just today, folks, just today, another article came across my email. This is from uh, a colleague, Raymond Ibrahim. Raymond Ibrahim, a great guy, former Muslim, writes for Gatestone Institute. Uh, Gatestone is the is the institute that that is um, that used to be run by uh, John Bolton, who is now the National Security Advisor for President Trump. Here's the headlines: United Nations. Your silence is getting worse. Extremist persecution of Christians, September 2018. And it goes through numerous examples in Egypt, in Pakistan, around the world, in Indonesia, of Christians that are murdered, Christians that are persecuted, their houses destroyed, their reputations destroyed. Um, uh, in, in Central Africa, um, here we go. Here's the headline, Central Af- African Republic. As many as 42 people, mostly Christian women, were hacked to death after suspected Islamist rebels attacked a group of civilians in the central town of Bria between September 4th and 5th. Some died by machete, others by gunshot. Democratic Republic of Congo. Armed Muslim militants slaughtered as many as 40 people in a Christian town of Beni. Kenya. Extremists murdered two Christians in the name of Islam for refusing to abjure their faith, meaning to apostate from Christianity. 
Um, one week later, a Muslim mob stoned three Christians to death while chant- chant- chanting Allah, Allah Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Um, Pakistan, resentful that a Christian was in a position over them. Muslim hospital employees attacked Faraz Masih 26 with acid on September 5th. His face highly disfigured and with several other burns around his body. He finally succumbed to death 10 days later in the hospital. Philippines, uh, I can go on. Egypt, uh, Nigeria, on September 7th, following the burning alive of a pastor, his wife and children at the hands of Muslim Fulani herdsmen, the Reverend Ezekiel Dacomo appeared in a short video surrounded by a mournful crowd carrying the body of another killed Christian woman. Folks, this is what I presented. Factual information during this presentation that I gave in St. Cloud. Now, the presentation went off without a hitch. We then had the Q&A time. Written questions because we knew that Unite Cloud and the Muslims were coming in to disrupt. That was their MO. They've done it in the past. They wanted to do it again. That went off without a hitch. People came to the table. I visited. My 10-year-old son was there. We visited. We were uh, just, you know, uh, sharing some of our materials. Um, folks that were there with us observed Natalie Ringsmith of Unite Cloud, her husband, and these Muslims. They apparently left the building and they came back. And they came back because they wanted to confront me. Natalie Ringsmith didn't confront me directly. She stood uh, a few feet away, arms crossed, with a smug look on her face. The person who confronted me was one of the Muslims. And while apparently one Muslim was confronting me, another Muslim was confronting the pastor, Pastor Dennis Campbell, challenging them to a debate. During the Q&A, there was a question from someone that said, would you be willing to debate? I answered the question by saying, it depends on the parameters. I've debated before, but it depends on the parameters. Um, I didn't know at the time, but that question apparently came from this Muslim who confronted me. He comes up to the table afterwards and says that um, I, you know, I sat and listened to your presentation for two hours, and there's a whole bunch of things that I found that were wrong, and would you debate me? And I said, now hold on a second. Um, you just claimed that there are things that I said that are false, that are wrong. Tell me one thing. And he went to talk about how I quoted the Sunnah of Muhammad incorrectly. And then he said that the Quran doesn't say this and Islam doesn't teach this. And the statements that he were making, he was making towards me were, 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 were lies. They were untrue. So I challenged him by saying, Show me where this is wrong. I quoted to you from The Reliance of the Traveler, a book that I carry that is Shafia Sunni School of Islam that is certified by the top Islamic scholars in the world, that is certified by Al-Azhar University, the most premier and oldest Islamic Sunni school in the world, that has put out more Sunni clerics than any other school in the world. They certified that this book is a compilation of Islamic Sharia, Sharia being the sacred way or path of Allah. The book itself is called the Sacred Manual or or, or the Classic Manual of Sacred Islamic Law. It's a compilation of Sharia. When I quoted this book for this individual, he denied, denied that I was quoting from this source, and he denied the source. He said, there is no such thing as a Sharia book. Really? And by the way, this guy's name, let me let me give you his name, 
was Hassan Youssef. Now, again, I didn't know who he was. Remember, he was there at the behest of Natalie Ringsmith, the so-called Christian interfaith leader uh, uh, leader within Unite Cloud, which is a so-called Christian organization that is really an interfaith heretical group. And by the way, uh, hopefully in the next program, I'm going to go through scripture that shows why I am saying very definitively that there is no evidence that Natalie Ringsmith or her husband or anybody connected to these groups are true Bible-believing Christians. So, when you understand that this is what we're up against. So, Mr. Hassan confronts me. We go back and forth. I kept showing him from the Sharia law manual. He kept denying that that's valid. I said, what about Al-Azhar University? He goes, no, no, no. That's nothing. I don't follow that. Uh, I said, uh, so are you denouncing this? He goes, this, is not, this doesn't exist. He kept denying it. Then I said to him, well, if you're denying these things, you're not a true Muslim. Uh, look, folks, I've had many run-ins with, with these, these uh, Muslim Islamists, these Islamists, particularly those connected to the Muslim Brotherhood. Normally, they don't deny the verses. This guy took the cake. I mean, this guy just, you know, the, the arrogance, because he he's denying that these are valid. So I said, you know, you would not do this in front of a Muslim audience, because if you do, you would be deemed as an unbeliever, which, of course, he didn't like with that. So then, then, so then I said, look, you keep, because every time I would challenge him, he would just simply say to me, let's debate, let's debate. I said, no, you answer my question. Do you denounce this? Do you, you're denying this, you're denying this, you're denying the Sharia law, you're denying that there is such a thing as a Sharia law manual, you're denying, uh, because he kept saying, oh, Sharia is only Quran, only Quran. I said, no, it's not only Quran. Sharia is Sunnah of Muhammad and Sharia is case law. And this book is a compilation of case law. Now remember, Natalie Ringsmith herself, she didn't confront me. She didn't, to my face, accuse me of anything. She didn't come, look, if she's claiming to be a Christian and she has a problem with, the, with what I'm doing or what I'm saying, shouldn't she come to me directly as a Christian and say, I have a problem with you? No, she doesn't confront me directly. She sends this Muslim to do her bidding for her. And she was sitting there and, and, and there was, look, folks, there are dozens, there's a, over a dozen witnesses that were in the foyer while this was going on who are more than willing to testify. In fact, I've already gotten some of them to write affidavits, to write statements to what happened. And she was smug and she was sitting there with her arms crossed, enjoying every moment of, of this confrontation. So finally, I said to Mr. Youssef, who was wasting my time, I said, listen, I'm not going to debate you if you're lying to me. If you answer three questions for me, then I will consider debating you. I said, number one, do you acknowledge that Islam is to be the final religion? Do you acknowledge that? He said, well, um, um, uh, no, no, no. Answer the question. It's a very straightforward question. Yes or no? Because during the presentation, I taught that the reason we are seeing an increase in persecution of Christians is because Muslims are commanded to wage jihad. The very definition of jihad is to wage war against unbelievers. That is the legal and scriptural definition of jihad in Islam, to wage war against unbelievers. And the word jihad 
is derived from the word mujahada, from the mujahadin, meaning to fight, those who will fight to establish the religion of Islam. The reason they must wage war against Christians, both spiritually and physically, is because Christians are considered in Islam to be the worst of sinners. They are what's called poly, shirk, polytheist, S-H-I-R-K. And as polytheists, because they think that we worship three gods, that you know Islam teaches that Christians worship three gods, that we as Christians are to be subjugated, either convert, be made as second-class citizens, or fought against. Literally, didn't I just read read to you all these headlines from Pakistan, from Egypt, from Nigeria, from Niger, from Sudan, from Ethiopia? I just read to you all of these articles that are talking about what's going on. So in the presentation, I made the connection between the persecution of Christians and Islamic text and the behavior of the prophet of Islam himself. So as I kept bringing this back to this gentleman, Mr. Hassan Youssef, he kept saying, not now, not now, debate you. So I said, answer my question. Now, let me uh, give you another piece of the puzzle. I did not know at the time who he was. I had no idea. But we have now linked him to Care Minnesota. I have a screenshot of Mr. Hassan on his Facebook page promoting um, the head of Care Minnesota, again, Jelani Hussein, who is the head of CARE Minnesota. Remember, if you hear CARE, you got to hear Hamas. If you hear CARE, you got to hear terrorist group. That's factually been proven. So Mr. Hassan Youssef is connected to CARE Minnesota. He's an activist in St. Cloud. He ran for, for school board. He's good friends with Natalie uh, Ringsmith, who is also deeply connected to CARE Minnesota uh, along with her Unite Cloud. They have worked together on numerous occasions. And so um, there's no doubt of his activism. In fact, when uh, some of you may remember that there was, a, there was a Somali man who went on a stabbing spree at the, at the Crossroads Mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Gosh, I want to say a couple years back, two, three years back. And Jelani Hussein of CARE put forth a press conference of, of a few Somalis in the community who came out and said, this does not reflect Islam and, 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 and we don't want to see this happen again. And, and yet, you know, they don't denounce the teachings of Islam. And guess who was at that press conference with CARE? Hassan Youssef. So again, we've already connected Hassan Youssef to CARE. And we've already connected Natalie Ringsmith to working with CARE. Those, that's already done. Okay, we know that. So, um, what he said, well, he wouldn't answer my question. Let me say it that way. So I asked it two or three times. Is it yes or no? Finally, finally, he said, yes, Islam is to be the final religion. But, and I said, well, what's the but? There's no but. What should happen to Christians who don't submit to Islam? He said, we should, nothing, we should give them a hug. That's what he literally said to me. And I said, are you kidding me? Are you joking? 14 years of Islam um, uh, persecuting and, and, and killing unbelievers. Uh, the fact that there's a genocide going on right now in the, in, in the, throughout the Middle East and throughout North Africa and in, in uh, places like Iran and China, uh, the fact that the, there are 
1.1 million Christians that have lost their lives over the last 12 years, predominantly, predominantly at the, at the hand of Islamists. Apparently, all of that is invalid, according to him. We should just give them a hug. So here's what I did. I took the Quran that I had on the table, the Quran of, of our friend Usama Datdok, who's a uh, Christian from Egypt, speaks fluent Arabic, translated the Quran with the help of several other experts who are fluent in Arabic. I, I said, show me where in the Quran it says that if Christians do not submit to Islam, they are to be given a hug. He threw the book back at me and said, not now, I'll, I'll, I'll show you when we debate. I said, no, I'm not going to debate you if you're going to lie to me. You're not telling me the truth. I'm not going to waste my time. Then I asked him the second question. Will you denounce the teachings of Muhammad that those who leave Islam, like myself, should be killed as, uh, because we're an apostate? He said, no, 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 this is not the case. Nothing should happen to them. I said, oh, really? Nothing should happen to those who, are, who, are, who have apostatized from Islam. Tell that to the, to the millions and millions of, of, of uh, Christians and, and Jews and any other unbeliever who has been killed throughout Islamic history who have apostated and left Islam. Tell that to the Christians in Iran who have been killed because of being apostates. To the Christians in Iran who are in prison right now for being apostates. So again, I showed him the Sharia law manual. Again, he denied it. He denied its validity. He denied that there's any punishment for apostates. This was outrageous. So I said, you're lying to me. I'm not going to waste my precious time wanting to debate someone that's lying to me. And I told him, we're done. We're done. You've wasted enough of my time. Then as he was leaving the building, I said, stop. I pointed towards Natalie and I said, stop deceiving these so-called Christians. I said, you're deceiving them. And then worse, they are deceiving others. Now, this is what Natalie is going to respond to. And I'll sh share with you her uh, Facebook post here in a minute. I never kicked Hassan Youssef out of the building. I told him we're done. And in the next program... I'm going to bring to you his outrageous allegations against me, which, by the way, Natalie Ringsman posted. So here's what Natalie says on her face on her Facebook post um, immediately after the event that night. The, that that night she got back and she put on Facebook how she was a victim. Here's what she said: While many in the audience were friendly to myself, Jeremy, that's her husband, and a couple of Muslim friends who were with us, after the presentation, Sharam yelled at my sweet friend when he questioned some of his points called him a liar, and kicked him out. Okay? So that's her allegation. So let me now address her allegation. First of all, I did not yell at her sweet Muslim friend. We were having a heated discussion. The reason I raised my voice was because he was raising his voice as a typical tactic to intimidate. I have seen this so many times where these Muslims get into a debate or conversation, they raise their voice, and they want to intimidate. I've talked to people who are in the St. Cloud area who are Christians, who've tried to share the gospel with Muslims, who tried to uh, talk to them about Christianity. These Somali Muslims in particular are very aggressive, and they try to yell at you. Therefore, when he raised his voice, I raised my voice, and I matched his volume in the sense of having this conversation. So was it heated? Yes. Were we yelling? I'd say no. And oh, by the way, Natalie, and for those who want to share this with Natalie, Here's the interesting thing. There was one of our supporters who was in the foyer and she got my uh, 
interaction with Mr. Hassan Youssef on video. Three plus minutes of video that I have of my interaction with Hassan Youssef. Nobody was yelling. It was heated. We were disagreeing, no doubt. I called him a liar, no doubt. I told him, stop wasting my time. But no, I didn't yell at her, quote, sweet friend. Yes, he questioned some of my points, but he also called me a liar. And we didn't kick him out, as I already said. Nobody was kicked out as far as the Muslim was concerned. Natalie was kicked out, not him. He left the building. Now, goes on to say, then Sharon went on a red-faced rant telling those around him that Jeremy and I are fake Christians. So first of all, I did not go on a red-faced rant. One, I have multiple witnesses, Natalie. You're lying. Two, I was if I was red, it's because I'd just spoken for two hours. I'd answered 15 minutes of Q&A. I'd spent half an hour at the table talking to people, and I just spent a, a, a number of minutes arguing with this Muslim who was lying to me. But... Was I was I was I righteously angry? You better believe I was righteously angry because people like Natalie Ringsmith are are fake Christians. They are. And I told that to her face. I said right to her face, you are not a Christian. She goes, Well, how dare you say that? Because I said, of your fruit. Your fruit does not match that you are a Christian. You are deceiving other Christians, shame on you. So she goes on to say in her Facebook post, I told him that he could feel free to talk to me instead of about me. I was talking to her, not about her. And that he had no business saying what type of Christian. No, I actually do have business saying what type of Christian. And, and, and I'm going to cover that in a future show here very quickly because I'm going to cover the fact that biblically speaking, I as a pastor have every right to bring judgment to judge the behavior of someone like Natalie or others who are claiming to be Christians, who are engaging in this interfaith deception, aiding and abetting jihadists like care, I have every right to judge them. And I'm going to show you the scriptural backing for that. Then she goes on to say, I said that is between God and me and it has nothing to do with him. That's scripturally wrong, Natalie. It has everything to do with us because you're deceiving the church. You're deceiving other Christians and you're deceiving Muslims from getting saved. He said he doesn't want to talk to me or see me, and he demanded that the pastor throw me out. That's that's true. I said, I don't want to talk to you or see you anymore. I'm done with you. And I said, Pastor, please remove her. I didn't she wasn't thrown out. She makes it sound like somebody grabbed her and, and hucked her out the door. That's nonsense. She was asked to leave. When the pastor went to escort her out, I think he accidentally brushed her arm. She threw her arms up. Stop touching me. Don't touch me in this ridiculous behavior, like a, like a poor victim, but she was asked to leave. And that was the end of the conversation because I said, I've had it with her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to talk to her because she is a deceiver. And I told her to her face, you are way worse than these Muslims because with the Muslims, we know what to expect. We know their deception. It's the so-called Christians that are worse. So I hope I've shown you at, to this point that the, the accusations that Natalie made against me on Facebook were false. We have many witnesses. We have video of the, in, in, uh, of the encounter that I have. So we have evidence. She doesn't, other than her, her own testimony and the testimony of, of these two lying Muslims. So 
When I come back on the program next time, folks, I'm going to go into the accusation of hate crimes by Mr. Hassan and Natalie and those in the state of Minnesota. They're gearing up, folks, to arrest us. This is no laughing matter, and we're not going to sit down and take this anymore. I, again, I've already, uh, I'm reaching out to a lawyer, and we're looking at a civil suit, a potential civil case for defamation and libel because they're lying. So stay tuned. When we come back in the program, you'll see what they're accusing us of. We'll see you next time, and thank you for your support. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.